You're listening to Nathan Shansky, and this is the Passion with Purpose podcast. Hello to all you creators, dreamers, and doers out there. I'm Nathan Shansky, photographer, business coach, and your host. After starting my photography business and nearly giving up after a rough first couple of years, with God's help, I transformed my business and became the multi-six-figure business owner here with you today. I'm here to drop weekly episodes full of everything I've learned in the process while bringing on some of the biggest experts in the industry. This podcast is for photographers, creatives, and anyone wanting to build a business and life of your fullest God-given potential. Welcome to the show, my friend. Okie dokie. Welcome back to the show, friends. I'm so excited today. I have a special guest on today, and she is somebody who I have gotten to know over the past couple months. And something that has really stood out to me so much about this expert, this guest, is that she just has her pulse, excuse me, she has her finger on the pulse of like what is so, so crucial when it comes to vendor networking and vendor marketing and making those vendor connections um, to get bookings. So I want to introduce to you today my friend, Catherine Gidry. Catherine, give us a little uh, introduction on who you are and what you do. Well, thank you so much for having me, Nathan. I am thrilled to be here. A little bit about me. I am based in Louisiana. We currently live in New Orleans. I started my business um, almost immediately after finishing architecture school. I was Mm -hmm. in my third year studying architecture when I discovered I actually didn't want to be an architect. I wanted to be a wedding photographer. But, um, you know, my dad wasn't a big fan of that idea. So I finished my graduate school journey and started photographing weddings almost immediately. I did initially begin with like architectural photography and portraiture and families, but I really always saw through that passion of wedding photography. And now I'm at a place of exclusively doing just wedding photography, which is great. Mm -hmm. And um, personally, we, like I said, we live in New Orleans. We relocated here. I'm sure we'll get into that during the podcast, but we relocated here primarily for weddings. Um, It's a huge wedding Mm -hmm. market where we are. And um, my husband's an architect and it just made sense. So I'm married to my second shooter. It wasn't always that way, but Brad does uh, shoot with me currently. And we have two little girls. One's three and one is five months old. And uh, life is good. So we're just trucking along, doing our best, learning how to run businesses and all the things. And um, that's a little bit about who we are and where we are in our life right now. I love that. And so crazy that I feel like I didn't know, well, maybe I did a little bit, but I didn't know all that much about kind of your architectural background and that you kind of actually got started into your photography through doing architectural photography, which is obviously so different than portraiture. But um, but like the fact that you were able to kind of like make your way through is so interesting. I always love asking people like how they got started and everything. Um, but yeah, so, and, and maybe to give people a little bit of context and like how we know each other. So we're both in a mastermind together and we like have absolutely loved it or I've loved it. I'm sure you've loved it. Too. I've loved it. I've um, loved it. Yeah. And so we've just gotten to, gotten to know each other a little bit as like photography educators, like, um, just like photographers and at our most recent, um, 
Well, I mean, at our mastermind retreat, what we were kind of doing is we were having these like little like hot seats where someone would, you know, kind of sit in a chair and then like everybody else in the mastermind, um, you know, like all the different members of the mastermind would kind of like listen as someone told their story, told, you know, kind of where they were at in their business. And one thing that I just like did not know about you, Kat, and, and you were kind of sharing a little bit of this. Um, is that you just kind of casually dropped that you were like, yeah, I actually, you know, I book five figure weddings, like, um, and like, I just recently booked a five figure wedding, like without even a client meeting simply from a referral from a planner or something like that. And I was like, hold on, what the heck? Like, are you, are you kidding me right now? So tell us a little bit about like that story or if that has, or if that type of a thing happens to you often mm-hmm. and you know, like, yeah, just tell us a little bit about like what that looks like for you. Absolutely. So that particular story that I was sharing was happening sort of uh, sh- shortly or had happened shortly before the mastermind because I was on maternity leave and mm-hmm. I was really trying to reserve that time for me to heal and spend time with my baby. And so I was really out of pocket. But yeah. with the wedding industry, it moves so quickly and people want to secure their photographer. And so, totally, you know, I had um, during my maternity leave, which was, you know, about 10 weeks, I did have um, four bookings come through three of which I did not speak to, never got on the phone with, purely just booked through a referral. And that's why I'm so excited about this topic of, of vendor networking because in all three of those scenarios, those referrals did come from people who had worked with me. They are wedding planners. um, And they were able to communicate to their client and I was also to able to communicate without speaking to them through my online presence, my website, et cetera, my reputation, that I am worthy of a $15,000 plus booking. Um, yeah. And, and that was mind-blowing even to me. And I don't take that for granted. And that's why I am so excited to speak about that. But I'm not taking that for granted because that wasn't always the case. But mm. at this point, it is. I would say 80% of our work does come from referrals, whether it's wow. past clients or planners, primarily planners. I would say about 10% of the time, the clients will book us and then ask for a planner recommendation. And then yeah. really only about 10% of the time are we actually getting clients that are from Instagram or Google. And really, when it comes down to it, oftentimes they know someone that we worked with before. So mm. that power of referral is, in my opinion, everything. Um, we don't spend money yeah. on network. I mean, um, advertising, excuse me. We don't spend money on, you know, ads. And not, and that is a way that you can market yourself. It's just not how we do our business. And we've actually never done mm-hmm. it that way. I've never done ads or anything like that. It's all yeah. recommended. So crazy. And what's really interesting to me that I've just kind of been noticing, like, just even as I hire different service providers for different parts of my life, I've really noticed that like the, it's like, especially when you go higher up in budget and you're talking like five figure packages. And then especially when you're in a situation where someone just kind of wants to save themselves a lot of time and like worry, 
people are really looking for that personal connection point because it just gives them so much more peace of mind. And I, I think even how you gave the comparison to like, you know, whether it's something digital or something, um, well, SEO is digital and like running an ad is digital. And obviously those are like really good and important forms of marketing um, when you have to use them and like as much as you can use them and especially when you first get started. But I think like especially what you're hitting on is that um, it's that personal connection Mm-hmm. It just makes the uh, it it makes you selling to them so much easier. You know what I mean? Because it's not a matter of like, oh, I have to you know prove myself to these strangers. Like, there's that personal connection point where they're like, there's trust built. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I would just love to know. You said you weren't always there. How did you get there? H- how are you there now? <laughs> like, give yeah. us like a beginner's guide of like how you got there. Yeah. And I also want to validate what you said, because I think that a lot of this is directly affiliated with the type of client that we're working with. Our clients Mm -hmm. are working professionals oftentimes, or they're in medical school, or they're lawyers, or whatever their occupation is. They're very busy and tied up. And so that client or their parent, depending on who's working with the planner, has hired that planner to guide them. And Mm. they don't really want to spend the time digging through all of these photographers to essentially narrow it down to who is the right fit. They're hiring a recommended planner because they know that planner has had firsthand access to the behind the scenes of what it's like to work with these people, what their galleries look like, how reliable they are. And then they're making a recommendation. And sometimes the planners aren't even recommending multiple photographers. Sometimes they're listening to what the client needs and they're going through their pool of photographers and they're saying, okay, that Catherine is the right photographer for you. And totally. that client is trusting them on that. And so it's really important for whoever's listening to hear that message because that was new to me. I didn't understand how this all worked before I got into this sort of arena of work. Um, I want to say that for every single one of these relationships, it started with one occurrence. Um, Mm. Just like any relationship in life, if you're someone who's thinking, I really want to build this planner relationship, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, Just like your business isn't going to happen overnight. And you're probably going to hear me say that a lot because I'm at year 15 and I have truly built this from nothing. Like the business, I never worked for anyone. And I've seen that whole journey go from, you know, starting out to here. And when it comes to these relationships, you have to understand that it's just like a friendship. It's just like um, a dating relationship or or anything Mm -hmm. that you do in life. It takes trust. So I'll give you an example. You talked about that booking um, where it was the first one that came through when I was on maternity leave. That Mm -hmm. planner... I would love to even just give you an example of how that relationship started, just so that someone can yeah, kind of maybe love to. see. So I was living in Lafayette at the time, and that's three hours from where we are now. And I was getting started in the industry. I didn't have any relationships, but I really wanted to photograph at this specific venue um, in the city where I lived. And so at the time, blogging was really big. And I'm like, maybe I can interview the coordinator there. So mm-hmm. I set up an appointment. I popped over. I interviewed her for my blog. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I took a few photos of her. And then while I was there, I took a few photos of the venue and just really showed up well. Um, 
apparently made a good first impression. We kind of hit it off. And then we started working weddings together. So she referred me for um, a wedding at, it was called City Club, at City Club. Well, after that first wedding, she was able to then combine that experience that day with a firsthand experience of, she was not even a planner at the time. She was the coordinator of the venue and Mm -hmm. was able to see me work firsthand. Well, then we started working more events, more events. And then she went out on her own. When she went out on her own, just like me, she was starting from the ground up. And then now she is doing amazing, robust weddings. And Mm -hmm. it all started with me interviewing her for a blog post. So crazy. (laughs) It really starts with that one occurrence. Um, One of the other weddings that was booked during maternity leave, that planner used to work under another planner who then worked for a venue, who then went out on her own. And just uh-huh. like, just like a photographer who's starting their business, um, you know, from nothing to where they are or where they want to be, those yeah. high end planners oftentimes also might be starting in a similar place. And so yep. when you're thinking of networking and growing, don't always look at the person who's like, don't always think like, Oh, I want to work with this planner, this high end planner. You know, maybe there's someone that's right where you are right now. If you're just starting out that you guys can grow together. Or if you are in a place of being established and you feel like you are worthy of working with that high end planner, you just have to find a way to start that relationship and then build from there. I love that. I, I, that's just like this perfect, like, um, anecdotal story of how you can, I mean, even the fact that you just got outside of your comfort zone, showed up in person with this planner, had the idea to interview her. And then also like, you know, to do a whole blog post about this like venue. And I just think that that is something that is almost like a lost art these days with a lot of people, because a lot of people are just like, well, if I don't, you know, if I don't get on their vendor recommendation list just from like a DM, then I don't even want to do it. And it's like, yes. but that's like so easy. And that's, you didn't even try that hard. I mean, like, yes, sending a DM is better than nothing. Like, absolutely. But at the end of the day, like, it really does take like that personal connection and like shaking someone's hand or like, you know, having like that conversation with them in person and then doing them such a service. Um, and maybe featuring them on your blog or whatever that might be. I think that just goes like so much further. And and your creativity there and your assertiveness there is clearly so rewarded. And then even what you said about like, don't always think about going for the big dogs mm-hmm. in the industry, but think about someone who's like right where you're at. Oh, yes. That's just brilliant. I think that's mm-hmm. so, so, so smart. So would you say that if someone is like just starting their... Uh, vendor recommendation or not vendor recommendation, their vendor networking um, search journey, all of that. Would you say there is like a certain way to go about it that is like maybe a better practice Mm -hmm. than maybe something else? Would you give us a little bit of like maybe do's or don'ts that you found work or don't work in the industry? Absolutely. This topic is something that is sometimes odd to speak about because we're Mm -hmm. talking about actual relationships that sometimes can turn into friendships. And so sometimes it feels a little funny to talk about it because (laughs) you know what I mean? Do you get where I'm going with this? It's like, like, how do you human? (laughs) Right. How do you human? How do you human? Well, um, 
One of the things actually we were just talking about that I want to make sure it's very apparent to those listening is like a DM is great, but nothing will ever compare to the power of being in the same physical space as another human being. Even you, Nathan, Mm. like now that I've actually met you in person, I feel so much more of a connection with you because we've been in the same space. And so absolutely, my, my first tip would be to find a way to be in the physical presence of the people you want to network with. I don't care how you do mm. it. Just figure out how to do it. Maybe it's a networking that's so, event. That's so good. Maybe you're asking them to be on your blog and you have to take photos of them. Maybe, um, you know, you guys have a, um, a friend. Maybe you have a friend who's doing a wedding with that planner and you can assist or second shoot. Like, yep. figure out how to get in the presence of them. And I don't know what that is, but that is my first tip. I would say, and Mm. when it comes time to be in the physical presence of that person, try not to promote yourself in that moment. I think you can show and communicate your value and who you are as a person without pushing it on to someone else with a business Mm. card or, you know, even if you are assisting that other photographer, you don't have to say anything about your business and you shouldn't. You should be there serving that other photographer. But in the process Mm -hmm. of doing those things, people will notice. Um, Mm -hmm. There's the saying that God gave us two ears and one mouth. I probably should (laughs) refer back to that (laughs) sometimes because I'm a bit of a talker. (laughs) But truly, like, listen to what people are saying and be invested in them. So you're, you're saying, like, how do you human? You human by looking for those ways to connect with people on a personal mm. level, by being humble, by, um, you know, showing up literally physically in the space and then also showing up well. Dress with mm. respect. I always say that, like, what you wear, it says something about how you feel. This is like an anecdotal yep, story, amen. but we we renovated our home and we had the people who helped us renovate come to our home. And our uh, carpenter's son showed up in a suit. He was like seven. And it was oh beautiful to me that they cared to come into our home with his son in a suit. It, it said to me, this is important. This is valuable. And so when I am showing up for something that I want to show up well for, I show up and I dress with respect to that event, Mm. to the people there, and I'm intentional and present. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about how to human, human with humility, human with intention, and be present so that in those moments you can make impact and you can build authentic relationships with the people that are also there. Absolutely. That's so good. And then the people that are, you know, the people that are in those spaces, like obviously, you know, there's different, I guess there's different like brand types and like personalities and whatever. But I do think at the end of the day, there is kind of like a general or universal, um, like level of dress that at least shows that like you mean business. And it's not like, I mean, like for some people wearing a suit, like, isn't like their version of dress up. Like for Mm -hmm. some people, maybe it's like wearing like a dress or something like that. Or for some people it's like, um, just wearing something more mm, unique and eclectic Mm -hmm. or something like that. But I think like there is a universal, uh, 
just like way to dress in which it shows intention and it shows like I'm here because I am like, like I'm almost like treating you with respect by the way that I'm dressing. I've had situations and I have this and and to all the videographers listening, I do not mean to put you on blast in any way, <laughs> but I, I I've had many situations where I've like really struggled with like what a videographer wears to a wedding because I feel like a lot of times they'll just wear like, I don't know, just like a black t-shirt or something. And I don't think there's anything like inherently wrong with that, right? Like I, I, that's okay. Um, but I do think like I like to make sure that the way that I dress, even like to attend a wedding is like, no, like I'm going to put my best foot forward and, and I don't just want to wear something that is like what I would be wearing to show up for, you know, just working in my office. Like, even though I'm not in the photos, even though I'm not in the video, even though, you know, whatever, I'm behind the scenes, I still want to have a level of professionalism to even my attire that speaks volumes about who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's, I don't know. I think that's like so, so important. And yeah, exactly. Like how we're saying like how to human well, and even (laughs) shutting our mouths when we, when we want to talk all about ourselves. And it's like, why don't you ask them about them and ask Mm -hmm. them about what they're interested in and like what they need from you and what you can give, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I would also love to know like what really stands out in your opinion, in the Mm -hmm. experiences you've had to a fellow vendor that would make them most likely want to refer you in the future. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually going to answer this based on what planners have actually communicated to me because I've asked mm. before, like, what what can I do to do well? And um, yeah. also in interviewing planners, I've heard some of the same kind of consistent tips. So yeah. I'm going to share this because I really think that when it comes to working with a planner, um, there are some specific tips. The first one is yeah. going to be to read the timeline in advance of the wedding. And if there's something that doesn't really quite sit well with the way that you work, don't be afraid to communicate that. So, Hmm. you know, if you don't have enough time or um, if your way of working doesn't align with the timeline at hand, you have to communicate that with the planner in a way that allows you to work out that timeline before the wedding day. Because if you don't look at the timeline because you're too busy or you feel like it's fine or you trust the planner and then you show up and you don't follow the timeline, that's a problem because they, that's like, I don't even know how to equate it to anything in photography. It's just, you just do it. And and so that leads into part two, which is follow the timeline. So once you've ironed out all the details and you have a timeline and you've asked all the right questions, now you have to follow it. So stay on time, set alarms if you need to, but don't run over. Um, I know we want the shot. I know we want all the things when it comes to our portfolio, but of the utmost important in the planner's eyes is making sure that things run smoothly which means that they run on time. Um, Mm. The next thing that I would say is that you want to be more concerned with the big picture and the team than you are with yourself. So Mm -hmm. if you're working with a videographer and maybe we're running behind on the timeline, in that moment, you have to team up and say, okay, we're 30 minutes behind. 
and the planner is going to not be happy with us. <laughs> what can mm-hmm. we do to make this more efficient? Yeah. And you and the videographer can say, okay, I'm going to lead the posing, but you need movement. So let's do some walking. Let's do some talking. Let's do some of this and that. And then you're teaming up. So that's an example of being more concerned with the team than you are with yourself. Yep. Um, don't be difficult. I can specifically remember we did this gorgeous wedding and they, I think their floral budget was like $200,000 or something. And mm-hmm. I wanted the flower petals on the steps. But the planner did not want the flower petals on the steps because she didn't want people stepping on the steps where the flowers are in advance of the ceremony. And so I'm like, ugh, but I just, I want the flowers. So instead of being difficult, (laughs) I was like, okay, what can we do? You're telling me no? Yeah. Okay, what can we do? And we met in the middle. So try to kind of think about being creative in those moments. Like, well, if I can't get what I want, what can I do? And how can I mm-hmm. make this work? Um, the next thing I see a, a lot, um, just people working at weddings and not always like, and, and I'm not saying anyone in particular, maybe it could be like a bartender or, uh, you know, whoever, but like, if you're at mm-hmm. a wedding, I get that we're away from our families and we're away from our friends and social media for, you know, 12 hours sometimes, But just try not to like be on your phone longer than you have to. My schedule is actually on my phone, but I'm very intentional about how I'm looking at my phone, how long I'm looking at my phone, what I'm doing, because I don't want anyone to ever think that I'm like scrolling on Instagram. Sometimes Brad and I will strategically like get together and look at the phone together and kind of have a conversation so that it's very apparent that I'm not just like playing on my phone. Um, That's good. You know, and just caring, like caring, being there and remembering that not everything is about a dollar. Not everything is about, Mm. okay, well, you know, it's 11.02 and I'm supposed to be done at 11 and they haven't exited yet. I'm leaving or I'm done mentally. Yeah. Like things sometimes don't, pan out. Um, we had a band Mm. not show up at a wedding recently. And, you know, the mother of the bride asked if we could stay a little bit longer. Um, it's also fair to charge for that, but I made the decision that they had paid a premium and it, and that I would be willing to stay for a little bit longer. And then she ended Mm -hmm. up giving me extra money in the end anyway, not that it would have mattered, but I just made the decision in that moment, like this is more important to her day for me to stay 20 minutes. They weren't asking for two hours. It was like, can you see an extra 20 minutes? Yes, absolutely. So those sort of things are going to make the planner recommendation happen. Mm. Um, I feel like this is kind of the meat of what we're talking about. So I also, if it's okay, Nate, I would love to talk about maybe the client side too. Um, I'd love to hear. Yeah. Give us, give us all of it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, so I think when it comes to the client, it, it can also be these little things, these little tangible takeaways that Brad and I have noticed uh, working okay. with clients. So the first thing is going to be uh, don't run. Don't run. Just don't like don't don't yell loudly. Don't speak across the room. Be patient. Wait your turn. Mm-hmm. These are things that like I grew up in the South and uh-huh. my family 
I don't, you can't even hear in my mom's house. It is so loud. My mom and dad actually don't <laughs> know how to not yell. Um, and so I had to learn this skill that, <laughs> that when you're in a space, especially I find that in the luxury space, people just, they just don't yell. They don't run. They yeah. don't actually ever look rushed. Everything's very calm mm-hmm. and chill. And so I have to channel that. Um, and the more quickly you can get into the mindset of, of aligning yourself with that level of presentation, the more quickly that people mm-hmm. notice. Um, we did a wedding recently and I noticed that the videographer was standing at the front of the church with me and he was pointing and he was using big hands and he was talking really loudly and I yeah. noticed it. And so I took that as a moment to be like, oh, okay, hmm, when I'm doing things visibly in front, I need to be... I need to have my hands down. I need to listen more, talk less, talk quietly. I don't want to draw attention to myself. We're mm-hmm. truly servants on the wedding day. We're serving our clients. We're serving our planners. And so the more that we can kind of get into that mindset and listen to their needs, the better. Um, on a more like so good. non-human photography side, um, learn how to pose well. Your clients, I think they care about the location, But I can honestly speak to experience. If they don't like the way their hair looks or they don't like the way they look, it doesn't matter how beautiful the lighting is. It doesn't matter how gorgeous the location is. It doesn't matter how how expensive their dress was. They're not going to like the picture. So learn how to pose well. um, Learn how to use your camera well and to edit with consistency. So those photography skills are important. You can be the best human in the world, but you also have to be a good photographer. Um, you know, you have to know how to show up in that capacity because it's a two part thing. They want the experience, but when all is said and done six weeks later, when their gallery arrives in their inbox, they also want to love their photos. So Mm. that's really important to take away. And when you're hiring someone, this is the last thing I'll say for the client, the second photographer. So for the longest time, I didn't have Brad as my second photographer. I had, um, a series of di- like each of my photographers was consistent, but worked with me for about uh-huh. four years each. So I had like three different women who worked with me over the course okay. of my career for long periods of time. And the reason why I bring that up is because I feel that anyone present with you on the wedding day that's representing your business should also uphold that same level of skill in experience and in photography. So train Mm. your second photographers well, um, invest time in them, like help them be a better photographer. And if they don't know these little things that we're talking about in this podcast, um, send them the podcast, (laughs) (laughs) you know, (laughs) or, (laughs) or, um, you know, ask them to wear all black. If that's your dress code, or if you have a certain Mm -hmm. vibe that you're dressing in, say, we dress like this and we shoot like this and whatever your brand is and your businesses communicate that so that they're representing your business in the same way. Um, we usually bring on a second as a third, first Mm -hmm. to sit in and just observe and watch and learn how we do things. And then once they get to the point that they are um, kind of in the Catherine Guidry brand, they understand what we're trying to do, then they can come on as a second. So really don't Mm. just hire a random second photographer because they have good equipment, but make sure they truly understand what your needs are as the primary. Hey friend, super duper quick. I'm not running a single ad on today's episode and I try to keep this podcast completely free of partnership ads, which means that I'm not making a dime for showing up for you today. So 
The only thing I'm going to ask of you is if you are loving what you are hearing, it would mean the absolute world if you could write me a review and leave me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Costs you like 60 seconds, yet it fuels me to keep showing up for you every single week and makes a massive difference to getting this podcast out to more entrepreneurs like yourself who need the education and encouragement. So we'll make it super easy for you. We'll include a link in the show notes and directions for how to do it. Super easy. And it's always incredible, by the way, to have you share the podcast to your social media or text it to a friend who might need to hear a certain episode. Tell you what, I read every single review. So if you are writing a review, think of it as a personal message to me that I so appreciate. So thank you so much to those who have left kind words. You guys are the absolute best. And to everybody else, I cannot wait to read yours. So quick pause the episode, go do that quick, and I will be forever grateful. All right, now let's get back to the show. Oh my word. Kat, this is so, so good. (laughs) And this is exactly why I knew I wanted to have you on for this exact topic. Because I do feel like in so many ways, what I keep hearing from you is kind of just like this, like, no BS, like, let's get real. Like the, I, I, and you can weigh in on this as well, but I'm, I, I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I almost feel like there's this new generation <laughs> of photographers and not by age by any means, but I'm just saying like generation in terms of like for a lot of photographers in like, you know, 2020 and beyond where I almost feel like with the age of, you know, wanting to get paid more for doing less mm-hmm. in the age of like, you know, mocking our clients in our reels in the age of like, I can wear whatever the heck I want and like make a six figure business in the age of like, um, just like I should be able to post an Instagram post and immediately get clients. Like it's almost like this entitlement generation in a sense And what's so interesting is that I feel like what you're saying is just the complete opposite. And it's just like a refocus back to like, this is what has kind of always been in business and even in life. Like when you want to succeed at something, you show up with a good attitude, looking smoking hot. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like looking good, like looking sharp. And you serve, serve, serve before you Mm -hmm. try to boss people around and you kind of shut up more than you talk and you go the extra mile. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like, I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like that type of um, just like meat and potatoes, like good old act like a good, decent person is almost lost in our generation a little bit? I don't know. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know enough about it. I'm kind of a head down kind of person. I think people will do what they want to do and they will be who they want to be. And I am of the mindset that that's fine. And maybe when I'm old and gray and not photographing weddings anymore, and and that's all that there is to choose from, then like maybe someone can get away with that. But I feel (laughs) that... If there is a a sector of people that are willing to work hard and really mm. bring value and really mm-hmm. work hard, they will always rise to the top. Um, like I the agree. sayings, like the cream always r- separates from the coffee or whatever. I don't know what the saying is, exactly. but it's like you you do a good job and it pays off in the long run. And people 
find out. People find out. Like, at the end of the day, that's why we don't have to market because we, because people, people talk about their experiences. And so if you're of that mindset that I don't have to work hard, you might get away with it for a while. Actually, truly, I do Mm -hmm. believe that you could, but eventually you'll find that the inquiries don't come in. The referrals don't come in. Um, You can only trick people for so long. And so maybe people are like, oh, this girl is grumpy, but I'm not grumpy. (laughs) I am real. I don't think so at all. (laughs) And you know what? Maybe they're like, she's old. I find this so so inspiring and just refreshing because, and just just so anybody's listening and they don't hear us wrong, I think that this, I I do think that there is a, there is a generation of people, of professionals who they are only willing to do the bare minimum. And so what that creates is it creates a massive opportunity for people that are willing to work their butts off. And it's almost like, I mean, sometimes with a lot of like the students that I coach, I just want to be like, you know what? There is so much more opportunity for you today than in a play than than in a time maybe like I don't know like twenty years ago or something like that. Because I do think that if you are willing to work hard and be a, a decent human being and be kind and be grateful and serve, I do think it stands out a lot mm-hmm. more. And it's it's almost like easier to stand out just by doing the um the, the basics. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I guess so. I mean, like I said, I really don't even pay attention. <laughs> like, I just don't. <laughs> You're like, I'm I, just doing me. I'm just doing me, <laughs> truly. Because like, there's no point of even comparing. I think I come from a place of gratitude that I can do what I want for a living and make a really solid living doing something that I love. And for me, that was yeah. a dream. That was a literal dream. I used to cry doing AutoCAD. I hated it so much. And I was like, I just want to be photographing weddings. And my yeah. dad was like, well, how are you going to make a living? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> and and I just sort of hit the ground running. And now I do feel sometimes that sense of overwhelming gratitude that like we've been able to buy a beautiful home, put our mm-hmm. children in wonderful schools and... Mm-hmm work with people that thank us for their images and their experience that, by the way, it was a, in my mind, a substantial investment for, but they're happy Mm -hmm. to do it because they can feel how much we care and how much we love it. And for that, I'm just like super grateful. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know, like, I feel like someone who's listening to this is probably somebody who's like, no, I, I really want to do weddings and I really want to do them well. And I want that, which she has, and it's possible. And I'm here to spread that message. Like it is totally doable to get to where you want to go, to do what you love for a living. If you love wedding photography, you can do it and you can make a really good living at it. I didn't even, I didn't even, when I started my business, I didn't even know you could book $10,000 wet. I mean, we did a $25,000 booking. That is like wow. mind blowing to me. I didn't even yeah. think that was possible. I didn't even care to be honest because I just wanted to shoot weddings. Um, yeah. But that person that's listening in is like, is this truly possible? It is possible, it, but it's possible by doing the things that we're talking about yeah. and getting into that mindset of, you know, being patient, 
working hard and giving it time. The industry veterans uh-huh. that even I look up to now today, like Jose Villa, Katie Mary, Elizabeth Messina, like those photographers that I, even in my 15 years, aspire to be like, they've been doing it for 25. Yeah. And they've been working just as hard today as they were, maybe not quite as hard, you know, like they, they probably are a little bit more selective in what they take on at this point. Um, but you know, they didn't start from, from doing the bare minimum. Those are people who show up and I can attest to that because you see it in everything that they do. It's not just how they photograph weddings, but like I've interviewed all of them on podcasts and it's like, do they show up on time? Do they come prepared? Um, Mm -hmm. are they present? And that, that sort of person translates that sort of um, approach translates into everything that they do. So, um, yeah, I definitely think that if there is a sector of people that are like in that mindset, like "Eh, they won't be doing it for very long, I feel. (laughs) Right, yeah. And I, I feel like, I feel like to that person who's listening, like you can make it, I think, because those things will stand, those things will set you apart. They Mm -hmm. really will set you apart if you really press into them um, because a lot of people are not willing to do them. And so take that as encouragement that these things are not going to be done in vain. These things Mm -hmm. are going to be done. And I do think if you do them long enough and if you do them consistently enough, people will notice, people will talk about that um, exactly kind of to what you're saying. And and then you can get to the point like you're at Cat, where it's like, you know, even I, I would imagine, well, here's another question. Do you feel like your journey with vendor networking and, and and the ability to get these clients just through someone referring you has helped you even during maybe seasons where you're like, hey, like I am kind of pressing into um, just being more of a mom right now and I don't have time to like show up on Instagram every freaking day. Like mm-hmm. do, does that, do you feel like that's supported more like the sustainability of your marketing? Absolutely. And, and it just goes back to my maternity leave. I was able to take a maternity, a maternity leave and, and not have to worry, um, for that short period of time about, am I showing up enough or am I marketing myself well in this season of life that I truly cannot like physically take on anything else? Because up until that point, I had done the work that I needed to do. And also coming off of maternity leave, I picked up where I left off and I made up for the time lost. You can't, Mm -hmm. I don't think, um, take off, so to speak, forever or, or pull back for forever. Um, but I do believe that you can take off periods of time, like a, what's that word when you take off for a year, a sabbatical, like, like you can sabbatical. take a sabbatical, yeah. you can take a maternity leave and, and take those times, like take yep. the time that you need, take off weekends sometimes. Um, you know, if you feel like there was a day this past week where I just was like, I really need three extra hours of sleep on a Wednesday, Mm -hmm. and I did it. I think sometimes you have to listen to yourself, but by having that network and by doing the things that um, allow for referrals to come through, it does take a lot of the pressure off. Um, Mm -hmm. I do have an Instagram. I do post sometimes. I'm trying to work on that, Nate. I'm trying to be more like, you know, consistent. I think you're so great at it. And everyone's and everyone's business is a little bit different. Maybe some people feel like 100% of their marketing does come from Instagram per se. Um, mm-hmm. But with our business, like, like I told you guys in the beginning, almost 100% comes from referrals. And my Crazy. understanding, although I can't speak to everyone else's business, but my understanding from speaking with other people in the luxury market is that most of the time it comes from referrals. 
Do you think that is a key to unlock the, the luxury market? Is I do referrals more than just like tell us? I want I want to hear you talk a little bit about that. If you have anything to say, I do. I, I think it's really important. I think that in if you think about it with yourself as the consumer, if you're going to buy a new Yeti, like a new uh, tumbler, yep, and someone on the internet recommends it. It's like $50 or less, in which case you don't have to speak with your spouse about it. You don't have to check with yourself. You can just yep. probably afford something $50 or less, maybe, sure. you know, it's comfortable. When you're talking about people spending thousands of dollars, especially in you, if you get to the point where you're, um, you know, $10,000, $15,000, that's a lot of money for different people. And, and, and even as you really get into the luxury space, I've not achieved this yet, but there are multi-million dollar weddings hiring for hiring photographers for $75,000, $150,000 that bring in teams of people for multiple days out of, in a rare destination. When people are making that level of investment, just like when you're making a higher investment, you're going to want people to tell you this is a good decision that you're making yep. and validate it for you. And it's hard to get that online. You can read the reviews. Mm-hmm. I do think those are important. But when you have an actual human being looking you in the eye or, or telling you over the phone, hey, girl, they're great. They're going to show up for you. They're going to get you some good images. Here's my gallery. Um, we loved every moment of working with them. That That is worth its weight in gold. So um, mm. I do think that having personal recommendations, especially with higher spin, does become pretty important. Because I think it, I think it, it's almost the difference of it's not somebody because because I always think of it in terms of what's the biggest poor outcome that the customer wants to avoid. What is their enemy mm-hmm. in their purchasing decision? And I think with a lot of people in maybe lower end markets, the average customer's like biggest enemy is that they don't want to spend too much. I think that's what Mm -hmm. goes through a lot of people's heads when they're, you know, spending like 3000 to 5,000 on a photographer because budget is very important to them. And I don't mean to like, that's like fine, but I do think that is a very different market than people who are spending what you're talking about, which is, I mean, this sounds weird maybe, but I don't think it's to them as big of a deal of like, oh, am I going to spend the money or or excuse me, am I going to spend too much money? I think it's, am I going to make the wrong decision and then I lose the opportunity with that decision I made and and then I have the wrong photographer, you know what I'm saying? And so I feel like they're not just looking for like what's most cost effective they're looking for like what's the right choice and and the best way to like find out and have peace of mind about the right choice is when someone just tells you I've done it and I I have worked with this exact person before and I can vouch for their name they are amazing and you are in good hands. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's any of that dynamic in it as well? Yeah, so I was as you were talking I was trying to sort through how to explain what I was thinking like as I was receiving that. So I actually think that exists no matter what the spend is. Um, yeah. I, I think it depends on the percentage of their total budget. Total. So yeah. I have had clients spend $10,000 on a wedding. And at the time, 
I think our fee was 5,000. So we were 50% of their total wedding budget. Crazy. Which is a massive um, compliment, by the way. (laughs) I was truly honored. I was truly honored to this day. I still remember them. And I remember all of my couples, but I specifically remember so much about their wedding because I felt like we were such a big part of making that day like what they had wanted and anticipated. Yeah. Um, And so I think that actually reigns true no matter what market that you, no matter what the spend is. It's all Mm -hmm. about the percentage of spend, I find, the weight Mm. that people place upon that decision. So if you're a higher percentage of the budget, they're going to ask probably more questions of you, of other people, uh, of your reviews online. Like, it's almost Mm. like more and more and more research because for them, that is so much of their total spend. Um, Totally. I think sometimes when you're a smaller percentage of the total spend, but it's still a lot, then it's almost like what we talked about before, where they're just kind of leaning into the experts to be like, I don't have time. This is a lot of money, but it's more so about the trust that they're placing in the professionals. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, what I'm saying, but it's like, that kind of, it just depends on the person. And I don't even know if it's as much about how much you're charging as much as how much you are of that person's total wedding budget. Yep. Absolutely. And I think it's the key, the key word that you said that I kind of picked out was the word trust. People are looking for trust because we know that people don't make purchase decisions, especially large purchase decisions when trust is not built. And one of the quickest ways I think to build trust is through a personal connection. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. So I feel like I had a a couple of questions that I didn't even get to. I'm just going to have to have you on the podcast again sometime. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I would love to know. So if you could give advice to a former version of Catherine when she needed it, and I mean, it could be on what we're talking about now, or it could be literally anything. What's a, a piece of advice you would give to a former version of yourself that you think the listeners might benefit from? Okay. Gosh, I have a couple of things that I want to say. The first would be that I want them to be patient in their journey and to see it through and not give up. Mm -hmm. You know, even currently, I'm educating photographers. That's how we know each other, Nathan. And I feel like I'm starting a whole Mm -hmm. new business almost. And I'm telling myself that. I'm bringing myself back to myself 15 years ago when I started this business. And I'm like, okay, it takes time. So just be patient in your journey. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that the sooner you understand how to human, I'm going to steal that from you, Nathan, how to human and how to serve people well, the more quickly you will build that solid reputation. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that I'm going to say is probably going to ruffle a little bit of feathers, but I think that photographers need to charge appropriately based upon their experience. And... Mm. Just in the same way that people will get found out if they approach with an entitled manner and they're not really doing the work. I think if people aren't charging appropriately or maybe even not even when it comes to price, but just saying you're going to do something or saying you can do something that maybe you're not quite ready for yet. Right. Don't jump the gun on those things. Like, again, be patient, like work your way up, even in pricing to a place that feels comfortable so that you know you can deliver what was promised and that you can satisfy those expectations. Um, And so I I think the last thing that I always want to do 
when I'm coaching or teaching somebody is just to say, you hear that so often in the wedding industry, like, oh, raise your prices. It's like, yes, when supply does not meet up to the demand, you have to raise your prices. When your Mm -hmm. experience warrants that price point, you have to raise your prices. Like all of those are reasons, but also if you're not getting any work and you know, you feel like you're not there yet, don't rush into those things. So Mm. I feel like that's kind of like a caveat, but it is important because I'm going back to old me and thinking like, how do I price or how do I show up well? And how do I do those things? And I think, you know, just understand that it's about the long journey. Um, yeah. And, and just taking it like one wedding at a time, one day at a time, one year at a time yep. until you find yourself in that place where you want to be and, and deserve to be basically. Yep. Yeah. And, and I mean, our careers are not these like microwavable things. They take some time. And yeah. it, it, a lot of times it's like, y- you really want to build something that lasts and not something that just shoots up and then just like burns out. And I think that's mm-hmm. a lot of times what we're what we're given by the industry is just like shoot up as fast as you possibly can. And it's like, right. well, you know, there, there is a time and a place for um, quick success if if that is a responsible way to grow. But I, I think there's also a time and a place for like, you know what, to make sure you put in the reps and just like what you're saying, to be patient with a yeah. lot of that. Yeah. And then when you're ready, then don't be afraid to level up. Oh yeah, and I don't I you don't know? hear you saying at all like hey b- hold yourself back. I think what you're <laughs> okay, saying good. which I, no, I think what you're saying is basically like if you're not exactly where you want to be quite yet, don't feel bad and don't yeah. like jump the gun on that. Be, be encouraged that we're all in our own journeys and it's yes. all going to take some time and and you look at someone like you, Kat, and it's like yeah, you're booking 25K weddings. You didn't start doing that on day one or no, year one, probably. No, no, not at all. And like, you know, it's just such a, it's such a reciprocal relationship with you and your peers, your vendor partners, your planners, your your brides, your grooms, like just be receptive. Your coaches, like yep. Nathan, I know, you know, you, you've got your, your business blueprint that you're mm-hmm. um, helping photographers. I'm helping photographers. Like, be receptive. Really yeah. sit into what people who are doing what you want to do are saying. And not even at that level, just your your clients. Like, ask questions. How can I have done this better? If you make a mistake and they tell you, try to just receive that and do better the next time. Don't beat yourself up. Yeah. Don't, you know, don't give up. Just be like, okay, I can keep going and how can I do better? Um, totally. So yes, yes to all the things that you said and also be receptive too because it's it's about yeah. that growth and and knowing that like you can get better and if people give you feedback, it's only for your betterment. Yep, absolutely. Kat, if people like me want to hear like <laughs> so much more from you, where can we connect with you online, follow you, get more education from you, all that good stuff? Um, I would say at my website, um, or on my Instagram. So it's just Catherine Gidry, both places, CatherineGidry.com or Catherine Gidry on Instagram. And thank you so much, Nathan. You are awesome. I'll make sure everything's linked for everybody so that they can just quick link to you. And yeah, go follow her. She's incredible. And just getting to know her over the past couple uh, months has just been like amazing. So Catherine, thank you so much for being on today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I can't wait for people to hear this episode. It's going to be so good. Thank you, Nathan. I am very grateful. I am a big fan of your podcast myself. I enjoy listening. You're doing a great job. And thank you for giving back to the industry. I I think um, 
you know, it's the best way for us all to um, level up together. So great job. <laughs>